You're visiting the mom next door and our stories of faith. I'm glad you dropped by for a visit. Please stay a while and hear what the Lord has done in the lives of moms just like you and me. Well, good morning, friends. I'm so thankful that you joined me here again. Isn't it good to gather, even virtually, to hear about the things that God has done? I walk away from these recordings so encouraged. I love sharing these stories with you. Well, the demands of motherhood can be exhausting, whether you're in the early years that are physically demanding or in the upper years with a completely different set of challenges. We pray that as you listen and connect with us, you're encouraged and renewed. It's always exciting for me to meet somebody who shares a ministry vision. And I've been making a lot of new friends on Ann Dunnigan's group, Mission Minded Women. If you are mission minded, which we all are, right? As we're raising our children for the Lord and involved in our community, involved in our churches, you should join it. Anyway, I'm going to link that in the show notes. I met Sandrine over there. I've been hearing for a long time that I needed to meet her. And so today is the day. And we've been chatting a little bit about motherhood. And we're so excited to now hit record and add you into our conversation. So welcome. And Sandrine, I'm going to pass the microphone to you and just ask you to introduce yourself. Yes. Hi, ladies and everyone listening. I'm Sandrine Tucker. I am a mom of seven children. And it's, it's, it's amazing. I was talking to Pam how accidentally <laughs> it turned to seven children, but God does not there's no accidents in God or coincidence. I'm originally from the Republic Democratic of Congo in Africa. There's two Congos. There's Republic of Congo and there's the Democratic Republic of Congo. And that's where I was born and raised until the age of 16. Now, when I was 13 years old, my father tragically died. And two months later, our country experienced civil war. I don't know if any of you who are listening are uh, familiar with Rwandan genocide that happened in 1994. My mom is uh, Tutsi. So she's she's Rwandan, born in the Congo. And in 1996, in my own country of uh, in Congo, the war began against Rwandan, mainly the Tutsis. So from 96 all the way to 99, we had to live. We were separated as part of that. My mom and my siblings, my mom, there's six of us. I'm the oldest of six children, and we had to survive. We we survived in prayer. We survived with my mom, a widow. Just she just was a widow two months before that. She was wow. four years old, about my age that I'm right now. And God, we uh, we saw miracles. God got us out of the war, and we came to the U.S. in 2000. We started the new millennial. Uh, in America. But what I didn't realize, even though I saw God's hand miraculously move us from Congo to the U.S., I didn't realize the impact. In John 10, 10, it says, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I, we don't realize that sometimes we might stop the enemy from killing us, but we don't realize that even though he did not kill us, he destroyed us. 
Hmm. Or maybe he might not, you know, he might not kill you. He might not destroy you, but he might steal something from you. But Jesus, regardless of that, came to restore it all, to give us life and life um, more abundantly. So that's my story. So I came to the U.S. and at age 18 in, in Louisiana, I encountered Jesus. I encountered the love of God. I encountered freedom, really, that broke the chain of trauma of my life, that broke forgiveness because I saw betrayal, family abandoning us. The whole country was against us and wanted us dead. And I saw God heal those parts of my heart until I became a mom. Then there was a new phase. There was a new side that Jesus wanted to deal with. I became a mom at age 27. And oh boy, did I think I had it all figured out. I mean, you have your shower, you know, your baby shower, you plan the whole thing. You have the room decorated, everything. And we put so much emphasis in those things, not realizing that those things won't help you <laughs> raise the children. Um, and so I was excited to become a mom. As the oldest of six during the war, I helped my mom with my siblings. So I thought I had this, like I have this in the bag. And in the process of me helping my mom, I judged my mom from a place mm-hmm. of, you know, from a child place because there's so many things that I thought my mom should have done better. Um, not realizing that she was a young mom. I was 13 when my dad died and my youngest brother was two okay. and her life was in danger and she had to keep herself safe and keep us safe. And so from my perspective, I thought she was doing it all wrong. So in my mind, I knew that when I become a mom, I definitely would do it better because I know better not realizing that I have absolutely zero power to do anything better. It's only Jesus that empowers us in any um, endeavors we take. So the first time I saw my daughter in my arm, I pushed her out. I could not connect with my daughter, holding her in my arms. There was no love. I, I don't know how, if any of you women have experienced that. So that was a shock because I had planned this my whole life. How what a better mom I will be. And why then I could not, I love the idea of my daughter. I love her. You know, that's not, I don't know if it makes sense, but there was no connection. Yeah. Um, I, I can't, I can't imagine even what you went through as a child. Like I think myself and some of the listeners would even be trying to reconcile that as just getting out of a country and, and losing your dad and, I mean, like the whole circumstances seem huge and, and even, I think that would be a lifetime of recovery and your mind just processing all of that. And then, so I think that's kind of when you look at this child, it's like, now I've got a whole nother thing to process. Yes. Yes. And guilt came right after because I should, I should be in love. And, and I did love but it was, it was, it was, it shocked me because it was not from a place I thought it would be mm-hmm. because I had idolized this idea of motherhood from a place of judgment. I, you know, I don't know if in English you guys have that, but we, we have saying, you know, when you point a finger at someone in mockery or in judgment, you have three that comes back at you. And so my whole life, I pointed my finger to my, you know, against my mom in judgment. And then here I was, three was coming back at me. And I, and I didn't know what to do with that. And I was in ministry. So what did I do? I just, try, I just kept going with ministry. I will carry that child 
in different meetings. And so I never processed. It was just like, I went from, you know, one thing to another. And then five months later, I found out I was pregnant. That's when, uh, what it says, uh, the straw that broke the cables back. And then it was like, I, I could not pretend. I could not keep going. I had to come to a place where I had to surrender the child syndrome. And I'm going to explain what do I mean by that. Um, a lot of times, for me at least, my experience was at 18, I had a radical encounter, a radical salvation with I mean, that just shook my life, but there was still the Sandrine who was 13 within myself. That was, had to reconcile with that, that the 13 year old Sandrine had to get healed with my relationship with my mom. And because there was a a dysfunction in that, I could not be a mom. It's, I, I couldn't. And, and so being pregnant with my second child, I was barely making it with one. My daughter was not sleeping at night. I was sleepless, uh, but I was still doing ministry because ministry became my my place of, um, what do you call it? I ran away from God to do ministry. Hmm. I ran from the Lord so that he would continue that deep work and ministry became my idol. And I know a lot of times we do things for God, but God is like, no, I don't want you to do things for me. I want you. So I came to a place where I had to allow Jesus to take me deeper, deeper in freedom in him, in those places, in those childhood memories, so that I can be a mom who now abides in him completely. Mm-hmm. And then that nourishment comes from him, not from ministry, not, not from anything else, but solely mm-hmm. from him and from that place then there is thriving, then there is a life that flourishes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been on that journey since. I feel like through my life too, I think we can be so busy doing things that are very good things um, at the through the church, through community organizations, in our own home, homeschooling or whatever. That busyness sometimes is a wall of protection that keeps us from being still and just listening to the Lord and having him reach into our hearts to heal those broken places. We're like, uh, I don't want to deal with that broken place. And so I'm just going to keep myself so busy that you don't get to go there and you don't get to touch that. I think that's what you're kind of explaining. Yes. Yes. And and, and yeah, the busyness of life. And so that's what made motherhood hard for me. That's what made, instead of sitting at the feet of Jesus and really abiding in him in John 15, I'm going to read it for us. It says, John 15, verse one, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Verse two, it says, every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And then he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on me, neither can you unless you remain in me. So here I was, I was remaining in works and I was not remaining in Christ. I don't know where I got off track, (laughs) but I was not remaining in him. And you know, there's a passage where um, it says we go from glory to glory. And so our healing process with the Lord 
when I was 18, he healed my heart, but I needed a new perspective. I needed Christ. I needed to abide in him and him in, uh, in, in me so that I can even be a better mom than he created me to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I had, I couldn't continue when I had my second child. Actually, when I was pregnant, I could not continue. I was, I was, I was anxious. I was exhausted. I was, I, I felt like I was going to die. I literally, when I took the test, it's a positive. I was like, I can't, like my husband was like, why? You know, I mean, and then the fact that it was so close, the pregnancy was so close. Another thing that I judged my mom on, me and my brother were exactly a year apart. We have the same birthday. Oh, um, really? Exactly apart. And I judged my mom about that. So here I was re- repeating, right? What my mom did, what I judged her on. So the shame, the shame that I cast on my mom fell on me. And God was like, you've got to drop it all. You've got to come back. And, and I came back to that place. And that's the place where I hope and pray that I remain. That place of abiding, that place of, I cannot do it, Jesus. I cannot do it on my own, but you can. That place of, when I had two children, it was, it was hard. And today I have seven children and I'm like, it's a breeze <laughs> because I'm allowing him to go deeper with each child. I'm allowing him to go deeper. I'm allowing him to make me more into his image. My identity is found in him. It's not found. It's not anymore. I'm no longer the God of my children where I have to turn them into these perfect children. He is the one who's going to teach them. So in all that, the pressure was removed of being the perfect mom. And I, and today, now that I'm on this side, you know, with seven children, we go places, literally, I'm like, we should be on the show or something because we are a spectacle. We are spectacular, maybe is the word, but people stop us. People stare at us. People come and compliment us. People make funny, nasty jokes to us. But I see young moms and I see the struggle. I see the mom who's striving. I see the mom who's making sure that she does not pass the trauma onto her children, who's making sure that she does not repeat the curse, but she's doing it in her own strength. And so that's what I want to speak into, that you cannot, even though, right, your parents might have hurt you, your mom, you don't have, uh, you hear a lot about father wounds, but we don't hear a lot about mother wounds. And, and I feel like maybe my generation with our moms being, you know, we are the generation where of children whose parents worked a lot. And so we found ourselves disconnected to our parents. We found ourselves even in homeschooling, right? I'm going to homeschool my children because my mom was never home because I was molested. So I'm going to be the protector of my children. And I want to encourage you that that burden was not meant for you to carry. It was not meant for me to carry. It's meant for us to lay at the feet of Jesus. And perhaps if you were molested, I, I didn't experience that, but I experienced uh abandonment really deep deep it's like my leg was amputated the pain of abandonment was like you know being cut off you know my leg being cut off and me bleeding out and I don't want that to happen to my children so I created I placed cushions over you know paddings around my two old you know my two first children so that it, it doesn't happen to them but I felt miserably because I'm not God only God can protect our children. Isaiah 53, 
14, it says, your children will be taught of the Lord and great will be their peace. It's the Lord. It is God who will take care of our children. Psalm 127, it says, unless the Lord builds, the builder builds in vain, unless the Lord, you know, unless the Lord protects, the guardian protects in vain. And so I, I've had to, I realized that, that I, it's not in my hand to make my children perfect, but it is in my, in my ability, it's in my power to bring those wounds, those places, those fears to Jesus. It's an opportunity for him to heal me even more and to restore me back to his original image so that I can flourish. I have you know, young moms. One of them was close to me and I see her, I mean, striving, you know, you have the organic, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna feed our kids, you know? And I, I was there when I had my two kids. Oh no, they're not eating. <laughs> they're all eating whole foods, <laughs> candy, right? <laughs> they're only eating sugar, uh, organic sugar, you know? And in effort to be gods in our children's lives. And we make them gods. And we turn, and children are not good gods. I mean, no one is a good God. But I'm telling you, children, when we place them in that place of gods and, you know, they become our idols, they are terrible. They are terrible gods. They are terrors. And I see, and I hope I'm not coming, you know, in a wrong way, but I just want to encourage you from my own place of brokenness in humility that we make our children idols because we want them to be perfect and they run our lives. And in the end, we don't like our children. You, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be around your kids because they, they're terrors. They, you don't want to discipline them because you were disciplined. Uh, and I get it, right? If, you know, we were, you know, I was disciplined harshly. And, and, and so we take the pendulum, you know, I was here, my parents did this. So you take it all the way on the other side and neither one of them is right. Only the cross of Jesus is the center. Only abiding in Christ and really surrendering to him and saying, Jesus, here is my life. Here is my life. What, how, where? Do what you want to do with my life and my children. And even in dis disciplining our children, you know, learning. One of my children, I can just look at them, you know. <laughs> I can just look at them. And they're like, yes, ma'am. You know, I speak French to my kids, so we don't have a, an equivalent of yes, ma'am. But they say, oui, maman. And then I have another child who... If I, uh, you know, speak with her, you know, sternly and explain and they get it. One is out of fear. They'll be out of fear. But the other one, like, she wants to have a conversation. She wants you to explain to her. And it can be frustrating, right? It can be. But a lot of this frustration is, once again, back to me because of my own upbringing. So when I look at those opportunities, I'm like, wow, this, why am I frustrated? Okay, it's because God is wanting to, to deal with me. But then there are times where we do discipline. The Bible says, "Do not." What's that passage in uh, Proverbs? You know that even even in in Hebrews, you know, it says God, He loves us, and He disciplines those He loves. Yeah, because we are His children, He disciplines us. But I, many times I see young moms not wanting to do that from a place of I don't want to do the same thing that was done to me, from a place of judgment, from a place we we. We become our God. That I, I want to really hammer that. It's going to God in a different situation, in different different moments. The discipline will look different. 
you know how um, so many times we say there's no parenting handbook or um, I wish there was a parenting handbook. When we take into account all the different places, like our own history, where we came from and our husband's history and where he came from, and then the personality of every single child that we have and the way that God created them, how in the world could we ever have a handbook, right? That gives us, there is not a formula and an exact method, except I think to go to God and say, I need you. You made me and you see my past and you see my history and the way that my mom raised me. And guess what? That came with her own history involved in that, right? And so, Lord, I can't trust in man's interpretation. I can't trust in solely a parenting book. Now, there are amazing parenting books that give us insight and perspective, and they help direct us to God's truth so that we know, but we need the Holy Spirit who is teaching and training us. And, and it's kind of amazing this parenting journey, because it seems like he brings things about as we parent our children, that is not only important for their training up, but for ministering to us and for reforming, reshaping and reaching us to know him more in a greater a greater understanding to know the truths of his word. You know, when we come into situations that, that challenge us, we have an option of where we're going to go. And we were talking before I hit record about this saying, mama needs wine. And it's been around for a while. It It's a good little chuckle for a little bit. I don't know if everybody feels that like we can just throw that graphic and meme away because we don't need that. Mama doesn't need wine. We need to go to Jesus. We need to, I was thinking about this as you were reading about the vine. Um, And if we think about that picture of a vine and branches and the fruit, what is wine made of? It's made of fruit. It's made of grapes, right? But where does the strength, the nourishment and the growth come from? That doesn't come from the fruit. That's just, I mean, and there's fruit falling off on the ground, right? There's nothing in that. Where do we get this strength? It's not from the fruit. It's not from the wine. It is from the the vine, right? That's so good. What you were saying, it's like we go for, for the, for the wine, right? Or whatever you're, your one is, it, you know, it could be Netflix, you know, we, we, we go for, for the, for those things, but it, it cannot sustain. Mm-hmm. But when we abide in Christ, when we abide and really, I want to hammer it. When we abide in Jesus, you may be even asking, what does that look like, Sandra? And how, what does that look like? It's the word of God. Like, and I know seasons are different, but I have found that I, the way I abide is in the word of God. It's remaining in the word of God because whether we want it or not, as you mentioned about parenting books, we actually have been handed parenting books without recognizing it, without realizing it. The way we were parented is it's in us. It's a map. It's for example, right? You, you know, your child does something. I was, I was slapped, you know, as a kid, you know, I was. And so 
sap, like those reflexes come back. You know, that if something was handed to us, that was necessarily not God. Some of you, was, it was good, but, but still not God. And so we have to trash that out, not from a place of judgment, right? I will be better or I cannot believe my mom did this, so I'm going to show her. Or I would never be like my parents. I would never do those things. You have no power to change you. But when you abide through the reading of the word of God, and someone might say, Sandrine, I read the word. I don't get it, Sandrine. It does not speak to me. And it says, that's what we need the Holy Spirit, as you mentioned earlier. The Holy Spirit, Jesus, when he was leaving, you know, after even he died and before he was, you know, before he were, you know, was hung, you know, on the, on the cross, he told them, I must die, not only to redeem the whole humankind, but after I die, I must ascend to my father so that the Holy Spirit will come. Jesus did, you know, he could have died and resurrected and be with us, but he will just be one person in one place. But he said, I must go so that the spirit, my spirit will come, his spirit will come and live in all of us. So we all get Jesus. We all get him fully living in us, being in us. So the Holy Spirit, and he says, when the spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes, not only would he comfort us, but he will remind us of the truth that we're reading and he will make it all clear. He will, he will explain, he will, you know, the Holy Spirit is, is like a, you know, flashlight that comes and illuminates things that, that was always there, but because of darkness, we can see it. And that's how, and then meditating, delighting in the word of God. And, and that's why, you know, you see a lot of moms jokes again, you know, at night, the children in bed, you all, you know, either watching Netflix or, you know, been guilty. Like I will bench on shows that I didn't even care about because I just wanted, I wanted the whole thing of, I, I just want to, I don't want to think about anything. <laughs> I want to watch something dumb, like, so, so that I don't think, so that I, I lose all my ability, my capacity of thinking, or I'm scrolling through social media just so that I can like, <sighs> relax. But those things, once again, they are the, they're the wine that leaves us worse. You're strolling on them and you see, you know, that girl that you went to high school with and her husband, they, they're on their 10th, you know, trip once again. And you have not gone on a trip since you guys have been married and you've been married for 20 years, you know? And, and so then, so that place that we run to fill us up, it leaves us bankrupt. And the little that we had, it takes it away. Christ is, he is the only thing. And I know I see people, you know, which now, you know, that's just my own truth. You know, you see even t-shirt Jesus plus therapy. I'm like, there's no Jesus plus anything. You know, I love Jesus. I cuss a little. No, there is no, I love Jesus. I drink a little, like it's Jesus and nothing. Like there's no substitute for Jesus. You know, I'm currently drinking tea that's my substitution for, for coffee and it's not the same thing you know but it makes me just feel like oh I have my cup of coffee you know but there is no substitution for Jesus not church not even our, our not our children not our relationships but I promise you I've seen in my own life that when you go to Christ and and abide literally that wine that you take that fruit that you take he fills you up I believe the reason why we even go to those things, drugs or alcohol or different things like that, is because we were created to be intoxicated, but not intoxicated with 
man-made things. We're created to be intoxicated with the love of God. So that's that's just my encouragement. I don't know, Pam, if you have any anything you want to add. Well, I was thinking um, this would be a great time to give some ideas of what does that abiding look like for a busy mom? Um, how do you stay connected? I think sometimes we are really all in or we feel like, oh, I, I didn't do it right. So, I mean, you know, if you're not going to do something right, why do it at all? Or if I know I'm not going to be able to finish it, why should I even start it? And, uh, well, before we hit record also, my granddaughter came in and just joined us to say hi, right? Well, they've been living with us for a while as they transitioned out of the military and they were waiting to be able to purchase their own home. And I found myself even yesterday as they're closing on a house today. Uh, well, it'll be a little bit before we, uh, before I upload this episode. So time will pass on all that. Anyway, yesterday, as I knew this, this milestone of them finally moving into their own home after this transition time, I thought, oh my goodness, there's so many things I haven't been able to do because there's been little ones in my house again. Like it has my life been on hold because there's little ones. And then I thought we can't wait for the little ones to grow up and leave. We have to be in the game now, no matter where we are. Right. And I, and I know my history of, of having a large family, there's a lot of years where you are committed to the training and teaching of your children. There's a lot of years where there's noise in your house. There's a lot of years where you know, I, visually it'd be nice if my house was clean so I could really sit down and relax and read my Bible in this perfect, you know, with my cup of coffee or tea and the highlighters, and it's just all perfect and beautiful. But that's not reality for most of our lives. When we have little ones at our feet, we may have a wrapped diaper because we had the babies changed, but now we haven't had time to go to the garbage. So we have, you know, all these things. And we know that when we sit down to read, we're likely going to get interrupted, but it's still important to do. Yes. Yes. And, and look, I'm, as we were talking as of today, my oldest is 11. So these are the number of my kids. I have an 11 year old, a 10 year old, an eight year old, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, a 20-month-old, and a two-month-old. So I totally get it. It's it's a beautiful chaos. It's hard, but it doesn't have to be impossible. Our society tells us that it's impossible. And that's the thing, even with social media, with TV shows, when you're watching, it's like, yeah, like it's impossible. It's hard. Kids are horrible. All those things, we don't realize that they, they feed into that lie. And so as of right now, I do, like, I will read Ephesians and I will encourage you, moms, like I have one of the studies actually on Instagram, the book of Ephesians, because the Bible, you don't have to read it from Genesis to to Revelation. Like Ephesians for me, it's six chapters. And I've, I've read that book from back to back and I'm still amazed. I'm still wowed. I'm still like Lord, because it, it goes, it talks about our identity in Christ. It talks about our new creation. It talks about how we are made in this, you know, we are masterpiece. It encourages me. So I stay on, on, on that. I listen to it. I have 
YouTube. I, I put it on YouTube and I just play it. And my children, they've memorized Ephesians 6 with me. So it's an opportunity to even bring our children in. I listen it with my kids and we talk about it. So I'm, you know, propping my boob out, literally sitting on the table with breastfeeding the two-month-old, feeding the 20-month-old on a high chair uh, oatmeal while my kids are doing school. <laughs> and we begin with Ephesians. We begin with those small teachings and we read chapter, like we'll read chapter one and we ask questions. It's like, what did God speak to you? And so that is my reading. And it, and, and it doesn't have to be this or that. It's all in it. It's, it's you bringing your whole family, your children in it. There's a passage that I want to really like leave you with, um, moms, in Psalm 126. It says, though one goes along weeping carrying the bag of seed, he will surely come back with shouts of joy carrying his sheaves. And this season, it might not look like how it did for me, at least when I got saved, when I gave my life to Christ, fully surrender with no rebellion. <laughs> I would go in my room and I would just have hours and hours of prayer, hours and hours of worship. And in the beginning it was hard because I'm like, it, it has to be, I have to spend an hour with God. Find a past, find a book that you enjoy in the Bible. Doesn't have to be long. The book of John to me, the gospel of John is great one, but it's long, right? It's like, you want something that you can finish. So out like Ephesians has six chapters, girl. So every chapter per day and you'll listen and if you have children it doesn't matter the age just play with them right and then Ephesians 6 is like a bang it's like the, you know Paul goes out with a bang it teaches you how to war it teaches you how to to stand with the armor of truth with with the belt of truth with the sandals you know, you know, the gospel of truth with the belt of righteousness, which comes from truth with the helmet of salvation, which comes from truth with the shield of faith, which comes from the truth. So that's one of the book that I go to in those seasons because I'm like, I need to war, but God, how do I do that? I don't have one hour. And then we can do that one hour right in the morning, right? Give God your first. We can give him the first, but guys, I don't want your first. I want you all. Mm. And so I don't want you to get stuck in the religious mindset of, I'm going to give God my first. He's my priority, so I will do it. But give him your all. And how does that look like? It looks like playing worship. I'm telling you, playing worship in my home has shifted and changed the atmosphere of my children. They are calm. They are peaceful. I'm telling you, I have seven children, and I don't raise my voice. I don't yell. There's peace. There's a presence of God. And it has it's cultivated. And God's word is truth. When he comes, he brings freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Invite the Holy Spirit. The way you invite him is through worship. So I play worship throughout. You know, you have Spotify. You have YouTube. You have, and those are free with commercials. But you have iTunes. And we play it. And today... We, we, my children, they will preach like they will sit because we've sat for so many years and just asking questions. What did that speak to you? You know, uh, Ephesians 2.10, it talks about your God masterpiece. So I will have my eight-year-olds, whenever they're playing, they're preaching, you know, it's like, I'm God's masterpiece. And, you, and, um, and, and they talk about motherhood. I watched them talk about motherhood. When my daughter did a video, they talk about, you need to discipline your kids. 
because nobody will like your kids. <laughs> <laughs> because they they are always with, around kids who are like little terrors, you know? And the parents don't discipline them. And so it's like, what do I do? Do I have to discipline your child, you know? So my <laughs> kids, they, they experience that where, you know, kids come around them who are, you know, have chaos. And what I'm saying, not like really from a place of, it can be, it can look chaotic, but your children will be full of peace when you are in peace, abiding mm-hmm. in Christ, surrendering. Um, so those are just the two things that I do. You know, it's playing worship music and listening to the Bible. And I cannot listen to Genesis. Honestly, it's too long. And the kids are talking, screaming, running around. We have two dogs also. And um and we we you know we live in a you know our house is twenty three hundred square feet and so it's not you know humongous so this space is it's beautiful for us because we are close but I blast God's presence because I need Him and there mm-hmm. are people that I even listen to preachers women that I listen to that bring that peace in my home mm-hmm. and we're the gatekeepers to yeah. be able to do that and so that those are good words and good encouragement. Sandrine, I think we could chat for a long time, but I'm sure our families at some point will want to be fed and all those things. <laughs> so I, I think we probably should continue our conversation as we follow each other over on Instagram. And and I we just invite all you listeners to come find us over there. I'm on Instagram at Tending Fields. And Sandrine, how will they find you? And and by the way, I will be putting your links in the show notes. So it's just a click away. How are people going to find you? Yes, you can find me on Instagram as well. And it's Sandrine Tucker. And I'm on there because in this season of my life, I know that I need to really focus on what's important. So uh, Instagram and Facebook actually are the place where I find like I have time to dedicate and just share. I'm on there and I share and I've had, um, I do a study on Ephesians and, uh, and I'll be starting that soon. So you can find me on there. I have encouragement, just really daily reminders, how to abide, how to stay connected with Jesus, how to delight, how, how to bask, man, you know, contemplate, you know, that's what I like, just, you know, I call them the ABC, you know, abide, bask and contemplate. Hmm. Yeah, we need it. We need it. Well, Sandrine, would you mind just praying for the moms that are with us? Oh, God, I thank you for these moms who are listening, God. I thank you that you've allowed our lives to cross. Father, nothing is a coincidence. And some of them will just be looking encouragement for moms and they will stumble upon this podcast. God, I pray that they will know as God, that, that you are proud of them. Yes. God, you are proud of them, that they, that they are the answer to their parents' prayers. God, they are the answer to their grandparents' prayers. God, we are, God, the answer to our, God, our ancestors' prayers, God. God, I pray that they will know, Father, that you love them and that you are proud of them and that you are cheering them, even though, God, the judgments, God, of the world, society, even though they have fingers pointing at them, accusing them that they're failing, God. God, I pray that they will know they're not failing. That there's season, Lord God, once they abide, when we abide in you, there's season, God, you prune us. <laughs> there's season where you cut some things completely off. But that does not mean that we are doing uh, badly, Father. So I pray, God, that they feel encouraged. God, that they will feel encouraged to come back if they've got 
uh, been so um, distant, God, even sometimes you're so exhausted, you feel like your heart is distant from God. He's right there. He is right there. Just call on him and it will answer. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, call and I will answer you. Father, I just pray right now, every mom where you are, just lift your arms and just call to him. My 20-month-old, sometimes he doesn't even call my name. He just comes and he takes my hand and he points me to the fridge and he points and I open the fridge and he points. And just like that, he's so confident. He knows that if he comes to me, takes my hands, he knows that I will give him what he needs. How much more is our God, our Father who is in heaven to reach out to him and say, just like a little child, just like your child, and say, God, I need your peace. God, I need your strength. God, I don't need wine. I don't need Netflix. I don't need anything but you. You can sustain me. Your love is enough. And I thank you. You're going to give them strategies, not even my strategies, but your strategies, what fits for their family, so that they will know how to allow you to be the gravity that pulls everything towards yourself. But I bless every woman. I thank you, God, that we are raising, God, a generation of mighty men and women of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for being with me today, Sandrine. And we really, I, I'm talking to you listeners, we really hope that you come find us and send us a private message and just say, what you're learning, how you're being challenged. And we want to pray for you. We want to join with you on your mothering journey to encourage your heart. So we'll talk to you later. See you next week. I hope that you've been encouraged or challenged in your faith today and that something we discussed prompts you to grow deeper in your walk with the Lord. If it has, make sure you tell a friend so they can grow along with you. And if you or a friend would like to be a guest and share about God's faithfulness in your life, please email me at podcast at Because when we tell of God's faithfulness, we never run out of stories. Whatever is true, whatever is known.